All right, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Ridge Raised Outdoors podcast. This is episode number 15. And on this episode, me and Joel Maris record a podcast on the way back from deer camp. We went up to the big woods over the weekend and uh, recorded this podcast in his truck on the drive back. And um, we talk about his early season buck that he killed. Um, my plans for the upcoming, you know, pre-rut into the rut and our expectations and just some food plot stuff and, and whatnot. So it's a pretty good episode. Um, it's pretty cool at the end of it. Um, there's a little, little surprise, so you guys will have to, to stand by for that. But, uh, so the scripture that I picked for this episode is Matthew 6. 26 it says look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they and like all the episodes they tie into what we talk about um, I still haven't killed a buck yet I've seen quite a bit of small bucks um a lot of doe, a lot of opportunities at shooting does. I just, I want to shoot a buck. I have a doe tag still burning in my pocket and, and a buck tag still burning in my pocket. So, um, kind of a another rough year. The weather really hasn't been the best. Uh, it's been pretty hot, but uh, from this weekend on, it should be heating up. Um, I know this week we got a lot of rain coming but I'm looking forward to uh, the end of October, which is my favorite time. Um, But yeah, without further ado, let's just get right into the episode. It's a pretty cool story about Joel's buck, and you know he talks about that and just gives us some tips on different things hunting early season because that's his his, uh, specialty. So we can definitely learn some things, and let's get right into it. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Ridge Raised Outdoors podcast. And uh, I'm with Joel right now, Joel Mowers, and we're headed back from deer camp. Joel, what did you think of camp this year? <laughs> well, um, high expectations going in just from trail camp data, but uh, a lot of pressure. Yeah. How many trucks do we see in the way here? I don't know, probably. I mean, we saw a handful. The thing is about this weekend we came we came the 22nd and 23rd of October and there was just a bunch of people up here hunting bears what we was what we thought you know what I mean and probably kids they can shoot does up here yeah rifle doe so um lots of pressure though definitely uh a reason why we didn't shoot anything um we came up Friday me and Joel got out of work at like 2.30 and he picked me up about 3.30-ish, and we got up here. Yeah, there's another deer on the road. It's a doe, too. Um, we got up here and kind of figured out a plan on the way up here and got in, pulled in, and pretty much got right out in the woods. And um, I walked right in, and I saw a pretty good buck walking in. The first five minutes, I could have been done, but kicked him out of his bed he was probably like 130 inch eight point he was at least an eight um i think you have my camera up here figured it out he's like 19 20 inches wide 
super chocolate dark rack um, and then I ended up hanging a stand like 50 yards from where I saw him and ended up seeing four doe left my stand in the woods and um, got there in the morning and I think I saw like another four or five doe in the morning and we also uh, had another guy in camp um, yeah. back in farther he saw another nice buck Friday night just oh, yeah. slightly too dark to actually tell how big he was I wonder if it was that six it would have been cool. He thinks it was, that big six-point. Yeah, we got a nice, real nice six-point on camera up here, which is legal um, for the uh, unit we're in. Yep. Three on a side. Correct. So, of course, I didn't have a, a doe tag for up here, but the two other people that were up here did, and they didn't have an opportunity at a doe. A little bit too far, but, again, I just think it was the pressure. A bunch of people up here hunting bear and... Quite a bit of rain also. There was quite a bit of rain. It it rained pretty decent in the morning, but it, it poured on us tonight. But after that rain, I ended up seeing two or three bucks, one of them two-and-a-half-year-old. He's at least a seven- or eight-pointer. He came in grunting. That was pretty cool. Came right, under, right underneath the stand. I got footage of that as well. Um, but I expected us to at least kill a doe or something up here which we uh found lots of great sign oh gosh um more sign yeah. than i expected myself there's just a mount of scrapes in a small area it definitely was the core area of a couple bucks um so i think if the pressure wasn't there we've seen a couple different drives go through there um we would have got on one definitely in the time we were here yeah and i think like we talked about i think coming back up here during the rut maybe like that first part of november would be probably lights out up here especially with the the private on the one side and then the public that we were hunting i think they come from the private and check for does on the public that's why there's so much sign where we're at right there kind of close to the road but yeah and back in there a couple hundred yards a lot of people need to realize you need to hunt um like pay attention to where other hunters are and hunt where not where they're at so much like hunt the hunters worth kind of and the deer at the same time up here that's pretty much what we did we had a plan for today and it kind of fell through because there was a guy parked where i was going to go so i ended up kind of swooping around and went somewhere else and luckily i did because i ended up having a pretty good hunt but yeah the weather didn't the weather didn't kind of go our way as well we thought it would be a little bit better but the rain i like hunting in the rain but not when it's pouring on you you know but it was pretty cool up here and probably in the what 40s maybe yeah 40s high 40s it's a good experience fun everybody at camp you know right so anyways how's your other other than that what you see is looking like back home well i don't know i have a couple good shooters on camera my cell cams have been slow lately but today they they blew up today but nothing big it was just a couple two and a half year olds and yearlings that were hitting the one scrape but I don't know. I, I I think if I hunt the one property enough, I'll have an encounter with a good one, and maybe hunt that those two public spots that I have as well. But let's get to the point, kind of why we're here. We're going to talk about Jules Buck, um, and then we're going to talk about a little bit of expectations we have for the next couple of weeks. Um, 
yeah so let's get kind of right into it Joel so how like tell us about your buck and if you had history with them and you know how the hunt went and stuff like that we're we're kind of anxious to hear about that yeah so I I love hunting early season that's just kind of my reputation I guess with all my friends and um the last three years my dad and myself have been tagged out within the first uh three days of Pennsylvania archery season on mature bucks not just uh oh, yeah so beginning of this year uh biggest thing is is just putting my time in over the summer um with the food plots running cameras and um, trying to pick out what deer on our properties should get the pass and should make it and you know and who should we, who we should chase anyways and obviously we live in pennsylvania which a lot of the bucks that we do pass get end up getting shot by the neighbors anyways which is perfectly fine we know that's all part of hunting and kind of uh need to see how these bucks make it but anyway so this year going into it um my dad my goal was to always have my dad kind of tag out before myself because i just love um you know he got me started in the sport and uh, he doesn't have as much time as i do right now because he owns a business so i try to uh, have him get one so opening night this year my uh, dad ended up killing a nice eight point with split g2 um, in the same exact spot as he shot a the year before same tree uh, so that was awesome uh, with that I personally the first night the property that I hunted there's always a neighbor on the opening night of archery season um, that always shoots guns you know obviously I think it's on purpose but you can't you never know right on the property line and there's no gun range up there or anything so I knew that uh, going into it I couldn't hunt some of the spots that I really wanted to hunt so I kind of stayed conservative and uh, stayed back, and I ended up seeing five bucks. Nothing I wanted to shoot opening night. Uh, so going into Monday, I had a I was cutting on my dad's deer. I took a half a day off. This finalized all the uh, meat because it was warm, and uh, had an awesome, perfect northeast wind, which I normally don't get at my house. And, uh, so I had this buck patterned, and my this buck's patterned since the last say September through beginning of October when I killed him changed three times so my strategy on him changed three times as he uh, he moved you know different food sources you know uh, apple orchards he was hitting, originally he was hitting clover alfalfa then he switched to apples when they dropped and then finally when I killed him he was on white acorns gotcha so, so but anyway so I had a perfect wind going in and it was a perfect storm basically which if you get the perfect wind uh, you got the the weather front coming in it was uh, a rainstorm came in and I checked the radar and it was supposed to be dropping uh, stopping uh, within an hour so I walked in during the rain I, I used a saddle and I got my setup during the rain it stopped within 30 minutes after I was in the, in the stand I got in around 4 4 30 and within 10 minutes I had a buck under me a, a little one so they it was a perfect getting in there so other than so about an hour after that a little after five o'clock I look up and there was a mature buck working a scrape about 40 yards from me so of course I was getting excited I would it was one that I would shoot um, he was just a salt it was just an eight point but a nice Pennsylvania deer I'd say probably 130 and all of a sudden he he got he picked his head up and took off running and I you know, I checked the wind, you know, and the thermals and everything's perfect in my, 
um, not blowing his way. And I look over to where he was looking, and here comes a really big black bear uh, coming right at him, right at me too. And he spooked that deer, and the black bear ended up, uh, and it's not PA black bear archery season wasn't right, yeah, at, at yep. that time. So he came in, and uh, the bear moved off, and I thought my night was over because predator coming through but i stayed in the stand about an hour after that a couple does coming in eating acorns and i look up and the buck they ended up shooting came in and he was about 35 yards from me when i first saw him eating these white acorns and he worked in and i made a worked in about 24 yards and made a good shot and fell in sight and the rest is history from there oh i didn't know he fell in sight i i guess I guess I didn't really get the full story. Yeah, it was. I was out that night with my buddy Andrew, and we were hunting the game lands, and we hunted this one hot scrape that was pretty hot all the way up through like September and stuff like that. But we ended up seeing a couple deer that night, but I didn't have really good service. And I remember we had that one group chat with the guys at camp, and I wasn't responding because I didn't. I don't think I had good service or something. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up getting back to the truck and coming down the road and i ended i ended up finding out that you killed one and you said call me so i ended up calling you and you told me you kind of told me a little bit of the story but i didn't think he i didn't know that he fell in sight yeah i know that you had to go out there and you got him by yourself and whatnot and i remember seeing pictures and stuff but um yeah and that was actually my number one buck that i was after this year um on that property you end up being a 11 point with a 21 inch spread Six on one side, five on the other. Just awesome. Oh yeah, he's a beautiful deer. Awesome PA deer. What, my biggest archery buck. Three or four year old. He's a four year old. Um, yeah, that's I what I thought. With see, the mass and stuff that he has. Last year, I had his pictures as a, a three year old because I run uh, sixty to seventy trail cameras uh, at one time in, in Pennsylvania, all over the place, with different properties scouting and uh, really putting in the time to see what deer and pattern them because trail cam data means so much for, to the way I hunt, especially early season. And like right now, a lot of people say, well, what do you do when you and your dad are always tagged out early? Well, I'm just scouting for next year already. Right. So yep. all these bucks that I'm getting on camera right now, um, I'm logging it, um, keeping where they're at at what time of the year, you know, where they're staying. And like the, the buck that I shot was always staying at the north end of my property, and he would never come down to the south end. So they, there's, they have these core ranges, as I'm sure everyone knows, and he never came to the southern part so i knew to kill him there were certain spots that i had to be to get him huh so it's just cool how certain deer act and um how some and you know as they get older their core area shrinks yeah they feel more comfortable in the area and feel safe because they survived so long there yep yep um so so what was your plan going in did you know he did you did you know that buck was going to be there around that so that I, day or with that wind and stuff or were you just going up you had your plan and you were just going to hunt those white acorns like what, what was what was the what was know, the game I, plan everyone has a game plan not in an archery season it doesn't always work out but that might you know just talking to my buddies i knew that i was going to kill a buck there i didn't know exactly what buck I had a couple bucks coming in there but um just from going back to the game plan of i knowing my neighbors always shoot guns up there opening season so i didn't want to press in there opening day leave my scent in there knowing that they're going to be um shooting most likely because they do every year and then if i would have went up there and hunted 
um, then that buck would have came in, you know, on Sunday or later that evening and smelled that I was there, then his whole pattern was different, you know, from there. So right. you really got to take uh, consideration when you go in the woods. It's not just walking in access. It's, it's you know, getting out also. Oh, yeah, so, entry and exit for sure. Yeah, I think that's, what it, that's a, a big thing that people don't remember is, you know, guys guys like you that put a lot of time and effort into things you don't just go out just to go out you go out and you have a plan set your game plan and uh you know you don't mess around with if it's not the right wind if it's not the right weather you know if if things don't line up you don't go out just to go out you go out and you have a game plan and and you know you have to you have to be confident in your game plan as well so i'm sure you were really confident that night it was you know and i kind of go in thinking i want to go in as a surgeon you know I, I surgically remove them so take I have a game plan I know what I'm you know what's I'm going to access in um, what my plan is and everything it just happened to work out and luckily uh, like we always hear uh, a lot of successful hunters do your scout and then hunt less you know and that's that's worked out for me the last uh, three four years have really clicked for myself and I've been lucky and you can't always have success and don't get me wrong it's not it's not something easy um, but scouting definitely helps it out well yeah scouting is a huge part of your game because you know i don't know many people that hunt like you that get it done early season but it's pretty incredible to think about especially in pa you know with what you've accomplished the last couple years early season you know um that comes from you know scouting all summer and having having that property and then putting time in and putting all the effort and then the food plots and all that stuff it's not just going out and you know getting it done or whatever it's 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 a 365 correct day thing and you know i put in thousands of dollars worth of food plots a year and you know i i end up shooting this buck on acorn oaks you know white oaks so not even over my food plots but those food plots are not just for hunting over there um for nutrition through the winter for these deer you know run down there in the rut you know, having the food on there and diverse food on a property just to try to keep them on there and uh, keeping their nutrition up for next year for better to um, racks and just healthier healthier bodies right that's why the bodies get so big out in that farm country so <clears throat> this these white oaks do they drop every year on that property or like okay. did you scout it in the summer and they were dropping or like what what well this is actually um so this property that i ended up shooting this buck on i i've hunted them all my life i shot my first buck i'm at my first deer there um when i was 12 with a flintlock it was a neighbors of mine and luckily with you know all the hard work and just friendly i ended up purchasing it last november so we have 125 acres there myself um, and it's a dream come true to own it and i hope to have lots of lot more hunts there in the last four years in archery season i've every single one of the bucks i've killed has been over 130. Yeah, that's a beautiful property. I've walked it with you before. It's, It's got everything you want, pretty much. You know, it's got the food. It's got a little bit of swampy marsh. Um, and you got the oak ridges. The ridges, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's a dream come true. It's awesome. Yep, yep. And it's only going to get better with, uh, you know, a little bit of you know, hard work and sweat on my end and uh, putting the time in and making bedding areas a little bit better where I need to exactly where I put them based on certain winds. And just think things out before going in just wrecking wrecking the woods you know from right bedding so yeah all i know is i've hunted public my whole life so i have no i really no idea you know when it comes to food plots and 
setting your property up and stuff like that you know i if i can walk someone's property usually i'll i'll help them out with you know where would a stand be good at or where the bucks bed and blah 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 but I don't know much about food plots and things like that, so you know it's definitely a lot of hard work and effort for sure. It's a uh, did you did you learn that by yourself or did you? I did. It's a lot of a lot of years of trial and error. Um, of course, I started um, probably doing food plots. I'm currently 26 years old, um, so probably when I was 15 or 16, of course, with my dad's equipment, I was out there uh, trying different things. And I learned a lot from actually getting your soil samples in and liming and fertilizing it's not it's not you just go rototill up or disc up uh, a plot and throw seed down and it's good to go it's you know it's clear to depends on what type of plot you're planting and what time of year you need to plant it so it's a, a palatability is right when you want to hunt so there's so much to think about and then you got of course you got the weather to deal with if you're going to have the right rain for the fruit plots to grow and um so it's a lot of goes into it right i think it's kind of funny how we met you know i was listening to a podcast by don higgins and uh he did like the question question thing and your name came up and don said this is joel mallers from meadville and i'm like what so i looked you up in a message you and kind of the rest oh, is history true. but yeah. don's it's, a great guy it's funny oh yeah he's an amazing hunter and i've learned a lot from him and that question was about uh, just basically genetic uh, potential and uh, g- g- genetics of a deer, and, but so he's a, he's a definitely a uh, someone I look up to, for, especially for owning property now. Oh yeah, he, we were making a joke about him at camp, how he would how he would think about the pressure up at uh, up at the big woods up there where we were hunting because he's huge on pressure and pressure in the human deer intrusion, That's human it. intrusion. Yep. So it, I mean, it made me <laughs> second guess why we were up there when we first pulled up there. Gosh, I think yeah, just. Within a half a mile, a quarter mile from camp, right where we were planning on hunting, I think we counted nine, ten vehicles. Yeah, there was at least nine This on Friday night, knowing that yeah. Saturday was going to be even worse. Right. Yep. I think, I think Saturday kind of held the guys back a little bit from the rain, but there was still a crap ton of guys out too. But I think I, even, even if they weren't hunting archery, that it's still pressure in the deer, you know, because they're trying to push for bear and stuff. I wonder how many guys we were standing out there shooting the bows in the in the backyard of camp and. How many trucks did we see go by that had orange or camo on? Pretty much every single one. Every one of them. You know what I mean? Vehicles go by our camp. Yeah. So the pressure up there is crazy, but I still think it would be good during the rut and stuff. It's totally different than even where we live at home, even though it's only an hour, hour and a half away. It's totally different country, and it's, you know, I love going up there and testing different skills, and you learn, you know, all the deer are different, and it's just cool. Yeah, definitely. You learn something every time you go out, so. Um, so tell us about your dad's hunting stuff. I'm, I'm sure he gave you the details, but you kind of set him up and stuff like that. What was your game plan yep. for that? Like, what was the summer scouting and how so, did everything go into that? That'll so, be kind of cool story. Uh, my dad and I purchased another piece of property uh, four years to get a go together. It's 103 acres, a little bit away from the house. And I kind of, you know, as it's worked out, he... I let him hunt in there, and I try to hunt at my house, and that's worked out well. And we try to—that's uh, all we do—is take one buck on each property for can. And uh, because of the hunting pressure in Pennsylvania, is, we don't get very many deer to make it. And we try—we only shoot at least three and a half year olds or better. 
we I mean we're not going to shoot anything other three and a half. We try to shoot for four and a half, but if that's not on your property, then you can't shoot it. Right. So anyways, so this property going in this year, um, from of course pri year prior trail camp history, we didn't have any four year olds. Um, we have a couple three year olds and nothing with great genetics, which is kind of surprising for that property. Um, they all were. Uh, I found a couple dead uh, from the year last shed hunting and I don't know if it was just why they were if they were shot and rifle and not found or what but anyways so not going into this year nothing super high expectations for that property so it would be a good year to take out a three-year-old that was kind of lacking genetics better of the herd up there and so we planted a food plot knowing right next to bedding that real thick bedding and the bucks will always bed here and with a south wind it's, it's, I mean, it's a dream, dream plot, <laughs> dream tree where it's at. So first night we had a south wind. Um, so my dad went and sat there, and this buck came out early. I mean, it was what, five thirty, five thirty or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Only two other, two other doe were in the plot. This buck steps out, and my dad uh, made a good shot of twenty yards. He only went forty yards and dropped also. Wow. So, and that was the game plan. It, it's happened. Um, three times from that spot and it's just one of those spots where we actually went in when we bought this property we went in with a bulldozer um, and cleared this area next to this bedding so we took out and then took my dad's stump machine in took out 110 stumps oh wow so we put a lot of sweat in this, yeah, into this just making the one plot knowing um, based on the wind where we can hunt and out and the bad part is when you go in and clear an area like that and take stumps out the soil you know is not good so liming it liming it liming it we can't plant certain things based on the ph level still so we have to stick for certain fruit plots but it um we like the early season so i, I plant an early season plot and it's worked out well what was in there uh this year is uh red clover over, gotcha. Yeah, so that's things. what that deer was coming out to. He he beds down. You think he was bedding the same spot as that 150 he shot last year? Kind of kind of down same that way. Area. Came out the same trail. My dad shot in the same exact spot from the same tree. That's funny. So it's um, crazy. Deja vu there. Yeah. Um, but this buck, he was uh, 18 inch wide, and nine inch G twos, and the one had a split. Then he had that split. Yeah, he's beautiful deer for sure. Um, I've walked that property with you too, last you know this summer. And uh, that's a beautiful property as well. They're both it's, different. It's super. It's it is. They're they're pretty much complete opposites. But they're uh, the the one that your dad shot that one on is is like bedding heaven there. There's so much bedding and thick cover down in there, and they just make their way out to to those food plots and stuff. It's beautiful over there. And they feel secure because um, the way we set up this property, of course, having this food close to where this bedding this is not their uh main food source they're gonna eat at this is a stationary you know they come out and hit that first early and then they'll go across the road and hit the ag fields um overnight and that's kind of how we have it set up for so right the thing about crawford county is it's 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 awesome with the terrain and the diversity with the agriculture agriculture because a lot of it's farm country, but then there's swamp and there's a little bit of hill country, and you got it all in Crawford County. It's, it's. I mean, we're blessed to be in that area. It's, it's pretty good hunting over there for deer and turkey and everything else, really. But you know, specifically whitetails. 
lot of big deer get killed in Crawford County every year, that's for sure. Yeah, and this has actually been a, a great year. You bring up turkeys. I shot my biggest turkey ever, too. So, oh, yeah. You shot two birds. I did. I was lucky, yep. but my second bird I shot, uh, second last day of season, had a 12-inch beard. And that bird, yeah. actually, I, I had history with him, too. He's kind that's of my dad cool. actually missed him um, earlier that year, and it worked out. He was a tough bird, one of the toughest birds. And my dad had a his passion is turkey hunting and my passion is whitetail hunting and which we love to hunt together and I just was happy I was lucky enough to one to pull the trigger on him and that was an awesome bird yeah I struggled this year with turkey hunting but my dad's the same way he's uh he's way way more into turkey hunting he's kind of who got me my brother and my grandpa into turkey hunting and I mean my dad can he can call any bird in really but um yeah, so I don't know. I, I, you have any other stories about how the season went, or we we could talk about kind of the expectations that I have and kind of going forward and things like that. Uh, no, after uh, lucky enough to take my buck, it's pretty much just I just switched back over to scouting. Um, I did do a little bit of scouting for up here at camp, um, trying to get you get you guys on some good ones. We did get some nice pictures of some nice bucks. We did. And, um, I have a buck that's at least five and a half. I have trail cam history of the last three years I'm in the same area and he's just a tank so if we do get lucky enough to harvest him I'll love to send the teeth in to see actually truly how old he is yeah um, we got to come back up at some point I don't know if we I don't know if one of the guys is kind of going to come back up at some point um, Caleb talked about coming back up maybe I don't know about I don't know about Jared but I don't know I, I might be able to leave work again early or take a Friday off to come back up or something because we got to try to get back up here, especially if I don't, if I'm not tagged out with the buck by like the first part of November, which could easily be possible. Cause looking at the radar, it's supposed to rain all week this week. Yep. So and recently, it, uh, the mornings have been really, I mean, some of my trail cameras are really good. They have been. They start to get too. the scrapes well also. Yep. You know, waking up the, the cell cameras of the, when they get to dopamine, you know, oh, yeah. that drop of dopamine. We're yep. opening all those pictures overnight just to see the deer, and it's cool. It's it's, it's fun. Yep. Um, my cameras, the one buck that I'm hunting, I'm sure you guys have heard about him if you follow us on social media, but his name's Showtime, and he's a big 11-point. I think he's only three, but I would love to harvest him. He's, he's on this property that I'm hunting, but he seems to love mornings in that one spot, and he seems to be on either one of those scrapes in the morning and of course opening day he was there at 7 30 and i wasn't there and then uh, a couple other mornings i checked the exodus camera and he's been there on my on my cell cam as well in the morning and of course i'm at work so he was there three mornings in a row and of course i took that and i took a couple hours of work off in the morning on that the, the fourth day and he wasn't there all i did was see some does but it's a matter of time though you're gonna it's going to cross time. Here. I hope so. Night. Perfect you know, the weather's and the rut's oh, yeah. coming. It's coming. As long as he doesn't move, you know. But I which, think that's his core area, and there's a lot of does on that property, so I, I hope I, I hope me or my wife can, you know, Yeah, I think you get, have a, really get good an opportunity at him. The biggest thing is, is, you know, if he gets on a hot doe and gets off the property or right, know, exactly. someone else's wheel, the only thing, reason why not. That's 125 acres I'm hunting there, too, and uh, there's other guys that hunt it, but 
I don't think they're very hardcore. So, you know, I was in there last week or whatever it was, and I did see a couple stands that I didn't see. Well, I saw one stand that I didn't see the last time I was in there. So there's definitely a guy in there. I don't know if he set it up for crossbow or if he set it up for rifle, but it's a ladder stand only about 10 feet high. But it's kind of in that that buck's core area, which kind of scares me a little bit. But, you know, if I hunt that hard enough, you know, keep the pressure out of there, but hunt it hard enough during the good part of the of the season when the weather's good and stuff like that, I think, like you said, I'll, I have a pretty good opportunity to kill him. Um, but there's two other good bucks on that property. There's, a, there's a, like a four-year-old nine-point, and then there's a really tall eight-point in there I would like to harvest as well. But then I got a couple other good bucks on public that I've been hunting. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to just getting back out in the woods. I, I think it was just cool to come up here to camp and get out on some public and kind of BS with the guys and eat some good food. And that's what hunting's about, too. It's not always about killing. It's about, you know, friendships and, oh, for sure. you know, camp. And, and it, I love, it's you know, pretty cool camp you got there, though. Thank you. I, I personally love scouting more than hunting. Oh, that's what we were talking about earlier to Caleb. We were saying, like my favorite thing is not even hunting it's the scouting because i don't know what i would do if we didn't have scouting with hunting oh, you know because they right. would just be going out and be like the old days they guys just go out and they shoot whatever's out there but no, it's I, cool to have history with deer and it is and i go to work early so i can get out early I, you know i start at 4 a.m just so i have more time to spend in the woods and that's just you know starting my season starts as soon as i harvest a buck or that season ends you know so seeing what bucks made it through on the hunting season in Pennsylvania, and then I shed hunt. I love to shed hunt. That's a passion. I, and then from shed hunting, I learn a lot of areas. You know, I find scrapes and bedding areas to look and scout for next year, and that helps me. Like this year, um, I found the spot where I ended up shooting my buck. I found it back in shed you know, in March. Yeah. So. Yep. You're always scouting, you know, if you're if you're dedicated, if you're hardcore enough with whitetails, it's it's a all year round kind of thing, you know. Like people have always asked you, I'm sure the last couple of years, well what are you gonna do now? Well I'm sure you would like to go hunt other states, but yep. it's cool to be tagged out the, the first couple of days of the season and just be scouting for next year, like you said, and then you obviously have your dad to scout for and things like that. So those two properties you got, you know, they take up a lot of a lot of your time with all the cameras that you run you know, it, it's just an all-year-round kind of thing. It is, and it's, and, you know, it's a passion of mine. That's what I do. I, I work, and I scout deer. That's pretty much all I do, and pay for, you know, to pay for the properties that I got. But I'm blessed with what I have, and the job I have, that I can do these things. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've hunted public <clears throat> my whole life, and maybe someday I'll have some, some private, but you'd probably be one of the first ones that I would go to about setting it up and food plots and things like that because like I said I have I have no idea how to do that kind of stuff but that's just the the cool thing about being a hunter is there's just different people have different styles of hunting you know like you're an early season guy and then you know the, the one guy that I talked to over the last I don't know a couple months Jake Bush um, I, I had him on the I had him on the one podcast he's an early season guy as well and he ended up killing a giant too but then you know most guys especially in pa they're going to be rut hunters and honestly my favorite time in of the year is about from now on i, I really like the end of october 
right around Halloween time, but like I said, looking at the weather, it doesn't look like it's going to be very promising. It's supposed to thunderstorm a couple days and rain and things like that, so I might be able to get out on an evening or two after work or something if it's not going to be raining too hard, but I don't really expect too much this week unless we get a you know, change in weather or whatever. Yeah. So... You'll get one. You know, I got faith in you. You make your good decisions. You know, every decision is not going to be right. But if you think it through, uh, it's going to happen for you. I hope so because I put a lot of time in as well. I know you Um, do, and you deserve one. I hope so. Everyone does, but you definitely put your time in. Yeah, I hope so because the story about that 12 last year, I, I definitely won't be hunting one buck again one specific deer at least you know i told myself this year i was going to go into the season and and hunt four or five deer and never know could run into one of those deer and if not you know another nice solid buck comes by you know i'm gonna shoot him so um funny how you brought up just hunting one deer um that's kind of how i became the hunter that i am now you know i've always hunted my entire life my dad's been a passionate passion hunter and he's instilled it in myself and um, I've been lucky uh, growing up killing some really nice bucks, but there was this one buck in particular that I wish I could hunt again and with what my knowledge I do today, but just hunting him made me learn so much. And oh, yeah. With that deer. Yeah. Um, I found his sheds, and he's a he-, he was a heck of a deer for Pennsylvania, and um, I wish I could hunt him again, but just hunting that deer, I learned so much. Was that that one picture you showed me earlier or that stud? That was that him as a five-year-old, and then I had his uh, sheds as a six-year-old. And yeah. he got killed, though. Um, he or you got, don't know what happened to him? He's dead because that was uh, five years ago or four or five you years ago. You don't know what happened to him, I though? I do not know what happened. Oh, wow. That was a, a giant, giant for Pennsylvania. I mean, Hopefully people, he didn't get poached or something. Yeah, people, of course, Pennsylvania giants are different from uh, Iowa giants or Midwest giants, but this buck anywhere is uh, world-class. Oh, yeah. Well, it's world-class. Yeah, and I, luckily, I do have his sheds as a three-year-old. I know the guy who has his sheds as a four-year-old, and then I have his sheds um, as a six-year-old, projected six-year-old. Of course, we don't have the teeth um, of him, of course, but that's what I think he was at that time. Yeah, but if you have the history with him, you can pretty much get it within a year or so, you know what I mean? He could be five or he could be six, who knows, you know, but having the history with him, that's what's cool. That's why trail cameras have changed the game. They're, they're They're just so fun to run and have history with deer, but... It is awesome um, learning deer. Um, just watching them grow and seeing how smart they can truly be as animals. And how smart? Because in the Pennsylvania woods, there's so many hunters out there. Oh yeah, private and public. It's not just. Oh yeah, everywhere. Um, if you have private, there's still all, hunters all around the edges of your private too. So it, it, all along the edges, all along the edges, and and a hundred acres is no, you know. Buck's core area is way bigger than 100 acres, right. so there's no way you're going to keep them on your property. So yep. no matter what you do, you can have the best bedding, food, water, cover, everything, and they're still going to go off, especially if a doe is in heat somewhere else. So it's just all, it is a game of luck, and it's pretty much just luck. We'll see what bucks can make it around here. Yep. The cool thing about running cameras, and what I like to do is run my cameras, you know, if they're, if they're good cameras, you know, if they're not cheaper ones which I've kind of been changing my inventory. I've been getting more expensive ones lately. Um, I, ru- I like to run them on video so you can kind of see, like, the attitude of the whitetail coming in, you know, how big, how really big his body is and kind of his temperament as he comes in and hits the scrape or whatever. Um, 
you can kind of base their age off that as well. Uh, pitchers don't do justice of, of, of deer sometimes, so that's why I like running my cameras on video a lot of the times. Uh, especially this time of year, all my oh, yeah. all my cameras, especially on scrapes, are on videos. And, uh, it, you learn so much about a white deer, like you said. Where they're coming from easier, where they're going, their attitude, their personality. And that all comes in play when you have that deer coming in for either calling to it, not calling to it, how he's going to react uh, to certain things. How he's going to enter that scrape, how he's going to exit, or whatever you're hunting. So, And even on that, um, when you're getting trail cam pictures of a deer, always log what wind is he coming in on. Yep, I've done that. When he was, what time he's there, based, you know, of course, early season, if he's there at 1 o'clock in the morning, that deer could be bedding two three blocks over and your chance of finding i mean hunting that deer early and killing them you're slim to none when it comes to it so you really want to look for those for the early season um where he's betting at and of course that's daylight pictures you know or shortly after dark and based on where the betting areas are there yeah that's something i've learned over the last couple years when i run cameras is it's a huge thing to have your time and date obviously correct on your camera because um you know you can really figure out you know i I would say you know within an hour of of daylight or you know in the evening when the sun sets or whatever um you know usually you can really tell how close the deer is bedding um i would say within or morning right like i said yeah heading back to bed i would say you know within a half hour to an hour or whatever you know they're close because like you said, if it's like one in the morning or, you know, especially if you're getting consistent pictures at one, two and three in the morning or whatever, that probably doesn't bed close. Especially if you're on a but, destination food source. Right. Uh, yep. Which not just, not even just scrapes, like you said, yeah. food and, and whatnot. So that, that's a huge thing to take into account when you're checking your cameras is always check the time. And like Joel said, you know, jot down the wind direction and stuff. You can go back on... You know, I, I use Weather Underground, go back, and you can click History and go back to whatever date you really want to, and it, it should be pretty accurate with the wind direction on that time. It should, date but sometimes stuff. you got to remember, those apps are not 100% proof. Right, So there's right. so much to take into consideration. Um, but if you do get a consistent, like, say that buck's entering, um, you know, right at dusk, you know, with a west wind, most likely that's what he's, you know, that's what it's going to be. Right. It's constant. And if you put that those data together, then you really got to hunt that buck. So. Yep, that's something I I would really like to get better at is is hunting a a, a deer close to his bed. You know, I told myself I was going to do that this year, but it's still kind of something I would want to work on getting yep. closer to the bed and it'll stuff click. like that. Oh, it'll once it clicks, it'll click. Like you know, that's why you go out and you learn things every time you go out. I, that's what you gotta love about whitetail hunting. You guys always make fun of me because I, I don't like the rut. Yeah, <laughs> we were love. making fun of you this weekend about it. I love pattern deer. And, yeah. You know, once the rut hits, it's chaos. You know. Oh, it's not. It's nice, where yeah. that buck is gonna be where that hot doe is, and he's not thinking straight, and he could be miles away. So. Well, plus you don't like hunting the rut because, <laughs> like you, like you said. Uh, you know, you get you get one of your shooter bucks or a buck that you want to make it, and he runs on the other person's property, and he gets shot by whoever. So, no, that's all part of it. That, right, like that's you said, most likely that's what happens. Um, 
more in the rut, you know, because a buck will get on a hot doe and or will be checking for does or whatever. And you cross the property, you know, yeah. goes a couple miles away and gets right. shot, and that's and that's all part of it. And that's why a lot of people truly love the rut, and that's perfectly yeah. fine with that. And I just, but I love pattern deer and having knowing when I go in that most likely that deer um, was within a hundred yards of me. Yeah. So it's all up to him to get up and you know of course you can't have the wind switching on here and that's so much but yeah it's fun well one thing that i want to remember before we end it here because we're almost we're almost back to uh to the house but um the one thing that i do when i scout public land is it, it's kind of a cool um like strategy I have is when I look for a public land to hunt obviously I want like a, a pretty big piece of public you don't want like you know the, the small little piece of game lands or whatever but I like to look for a lot of private property that surrounds that public because kind of like what we were hunting this weekend yeah. at your camp but like I, I, I've looked at it over the years and if I find a good piece of public and there's private around usually there's good deer that'll come on to that public during this time you know the seeking phase pre-rut into the rut and i think that's how i killed that big buck on the game lands because he was hanging out on private he come over and you know was dogging that doe on on the public and that's how i killed him but well don't that's something small pieces though at certain times of the year like true yeah the rut um when even early if that's where the bedding's at it's so you can't overlook anything but it is nice right. to have a bigger piece to work on to, to figure out a deer i 100 agree with that yep but back i uh, say eight years ago uh, my cousin and i we own another a 10 acre piece that's all it is um and we both tagged out opening night on that 10 acres oh wow and so i remember you telling me that story yeah so don't overlook the small pieces if that's what you got to hunt especially if that's where the bedding is which that's where it was these bucks were bedding on this piece and what happened was we went in the morning I typically don't like to hunt in the mornings um, of opening day just unless you have 100% access you know to get in which a lot of people don't don't when they go in and they mess up the spot for the evening Um, but we went in we were younger at the time still in high school and we got we got in and we watched these bucks come in from the field into their beds we, we knew where they were bedding at so that evening we both went in and um he shot a nice buck and i was hunting about 100 yards from him and 20 minutes later i shot a nice buck that's pretty cool so yeah. that was a cool experience um but i was just saying going back to small pieces it can happen oh yeah it definitely can happen for sure just depends on what kind of bedding you have and food and stuff it, it all depends on that's why it all goes pretty much back to scouting like we've talked about you know you have a small 10 acre piece 20 whatever it is a huge thing is just scouting and, and figuring out the property also we do always say scout 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 but you got to be smart with your scouting um, yep you know i do a lot of my scouting in the summertime really figuring out but when you get closer to season you know let your cameras do the work for you stay out of there yeah because um, if you pressure it you're kicking those mature bucks out you might still have a two know a yearling two-year-old possibly a three-year-old um that will deal with some of your human intrusion but if you're actually hunting mature bucks all the time they only deal with certain certain so much yep so much so i agree um, that's hunt scout smart hunt smart that's what it comes down to watch the wind don't be uh just plowing through bedding areas or on the you know have your wind blowing through them so exactly 
Well, is there anything else you want to touch on? I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to what's coming up here because I'm a little different than you. I, I like the <laughs> I like the rut and stuff like that. So no problem. Um, I like the craziness of it. You never know what kind of buck's going to come by. You know, Ooh. holy cow! That was a giant. That was a giant. That was a twelve point. That was a giant. We just saw a giant. Everybody I'm on the side. On the side of the road, that was easily a 150, 160. He was 12-point, wasn't he? Typical 12. Wow. He had some brow tines, too. Wow. What an ending to this podcast, though. Well. Exciting. That was was awesome. um, I'm not going to tell you guys where we're at because it's kind of close to where I can hunt. But, uh, yeah, um, that was nuts. He had, he had like a super chocolate rack too. He was a beautiful buck. That was just a wow. really beautiful deer. But anyways. So anyways. Um, that yeah. was not staged. That no. Was. You can hear by our voices. <laughs> it excited us. That was cool. All right. Well, if I there's nothing else, you have anything else, Joel? On talk gear. Because, you know, we want to talk gear, and, but we're almost home this time. So we talk daily. So oh, yeah. We'll get another podcast talking about gear because we're both gear fanatics. Um, yep gear maybe we could talk broadheads because you have like, like a million broadheads in your garage i love testing them man trail cams everything we can definitely do a gear thing maybe maybe at the end of the season or towards the end hopefully i'll have a story about killing a buck by then so maybe we can talk about both of it so yeah you know i just love running the best equipment that i can so i i, I try everything it seems like <laughs> oh yeah so but thank you for having me on here it was an awesome thanks for yeah we can do it again shortly it was kind of cool to just record this in the truck too on the way back. We're almost back now, so I, I figured we would yeah, record we it. Yeah, we have a half hour left, but we'll stop and get some food or something. We don't have a half hour. You don't know where that deer's at. That's true. I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm going to close this out, and you know, like I said, we'll have Joel back on. Uh, maybe he, maybe he'll be a more of a uh, a guest every so often. We'll have him on or something like that, but. Um, yeah, hopefully next next episode I can tell you guys a story about the buck that I killed. We got a couple weeks left here in PA. Um, hopefully the weather is not like last year where it was super hot. Remember how hot it was last year during the yeah, rut? Yeah, we were talking about that. Yep, we were talking about that. So hopefully it rains a couple days or whatever this week. That's fine, I guess. But hopefully it, it cools it right down and the deer start seeking and, you know, I can get on a good deer. So praying I do. But, uh. I'm going to close it out, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I thought it was a pretty good one, especially with the limited time we had and, uh, you know, recording the truck and whatnot. But I thought we got into some good things. Joel is definitely, uh, you know, a good hunter in the early season. I think he's killed a buck, a nice buck, that is, in PA, um, the the last three years early season the first couple days so definitely his thing um definitely gonna have him back on like we talked about maybe for a gear episode or you know maybe just talking deer hunting that's what we love to do so um let's get back to that verse it's matthew six twenty six. it says look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And I picked this this verse because it kind of ties into how my season's been. You know, um, I haven't killed one yet, but the best part of the season's coming up. And I just still believe that God's going to provide me 
you know, a nice buck. Um, I just got to stay on track and keep trusting him and keep putting him first. And um, sometimes I, I get straight away and, uh, you know, I put hunting over, over him, which um, is what you shouldn't do. So, but, uh, you know, I just need to stay on track and keep faithful that, you know, he's going to provide me a, a deer because I put a lot of time in. If anybody knows me um, pretty well, I, you know, I put a lot of time in the off season and I hunt quite a bit during the season. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, later in the year. It's always my time. See, Joel's is early season. Mine's like a lot of other people. I just like to hunt the end of October into the rut. Um, cause I hunt public land and, and it's, it's pretty hard early season. So, but, uh, yeah, I got some other episodes coming out. Hopefully, um, on the next episode, I can tell you guys about the buck I killed and hopefully it works out. So again, I'm just trusting and praying that it's going to work out. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning back in. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to, like I said, looking forward to later in the year here, next couple days, we can hunt till almost to the end of November. So I'm going to wait out on a nice buck. That's for sure. So again, I appreciate you guys listening and stay tuned for more episodes and may God bless your hunt. The spirit of the woods is like an old good friend. Makes me feel warm and good inside. And I knew his name and it was good to see him again. Cause in the wind he's still alive. Old Red Bear, walk with me down the trails again. Take me back, back where I Before too long